Hi everyone and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Vinali and we're back again for post-match reaction to Southampton's Premier League defeat at Spurs. Now joining us on the podcast this week, we have former Saints captain Dean Hammond and former Daily Echo reporter Adam Leach. Dean, five changes to the side tonight. What did you think of the team selection before the game and what did you make of it on the pitch? I actually liked the team selection uh, before the game. Um, I thought it was very um, aggressive from the manager, uh, very attacking, and I like that because I think from the FA Cup semi-final of the weekend, um, we missed that attacking threat. And, and to have the more attacking players, a little bit more pace, um, I enjoyed the team selection. And I think first half, um, they were good value, you know, really, really good value. Um, played on the front foot, good attacking football, created chances, um, and dominated um, Tottenham, especially in that first half. I think we've mentioned second half, um, just probably some tactical change with Danny Ings going off, Stuart Armstrong going into a kind of uh, number 10 position, um, just chopping and changing, just kind of lost the rhythm really and allowed Tottenham back into the game. But no, I like the team selection and I think it worked really, really well um, first half. Um, but one thing I'd, I'd like to see Saints improve on is, is when they're that dominant, I think maybe that that's when they need to score more than one goal and, and probably get the second goal and it could be a, def- a different game. Adam, it was perhaps a, an experimental lineup from Ralph. What do you think he would have learned from the game tonight? Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of difficult to say in some ways because I think we saw in terms of the pattern of the match, a kind of pattern that we've seen from the sort of, if you like, the other team that has been playing as well. I mean, it, I, I guess maybe the last one or two matches for Saints have been pretty flat throughout. But for, through the course of particularly this calendar year, we've seen a lot of Saints dominating the first half of games. And as Dean touched upon, at half-time feeling like, cool, blimey, they could they could have been three or four nil up here, but, but not being three or four nil up. And then the second half being a completely different affair. Uh, I think he will have learned... Um, Think, I don't know if they're lessons that he, that he wasn't entirely sure of, but Salasu was very good again. I think he had a good game, uh, deputising a left back. And yeah, he's he's obviously a bright prospect for the future. Nathan Teller as well, uh, sort of showed a bit. Danny Ings, we know all about, quality finish. Uh, and as Dean said, I, I mean, it's, it's a bit strange, really, that the Ward-Prowse-Diallo partnership sort of is sort of faltering a little bit having initially looked um, reasonable. But since Diallo's been back, it's not been quite the same again. Uh, and when, when Armstrong went up front, that definitely hurt Saints. So I think there's some valuable lessons for Ralph tonight. I guess the questions he'll be asking himself now is, is kind of how he turns this around because we've seen so much, we see so much so often that is encouraging, not only in the first half of the season, but even in this game, which was, which was a defeat in the first half. But... How can you turn this around? How can you stop these results? Um, is it a case of just Ralph's plan needs to change? Does the formation need to change? Uh, is it that he needs to refresh the squad in a dramatic way in the summer? Uh, there's, the, I think there's a lot of questions right now for Ralph. So he's probably learned a few things out of this game, but I, I actually wonder if he's come away with even more thinking to do. Mm, well, before we discuss today's game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. Ralph has made five changes from the side that lost to Leicester. Teller slows that rather up by getting it caught under his feet. Crosses it right-footed from the left. Salasu with the free header and the follow-up saved again. 
Nil-nil, corner to Saints. Here comes Ward Prowse. Low one this time. Flicked on by Ings in and off the post. And Danny Ings has done it again against Tottenham Hotspur. Adams puts an early cross into the penalty area. Off the head of Toby Alderweireld, but only as far as Ings. Gets it onto his right foot and he hits it straight at Loris. Danny Ings has come up lame from that shot, Dave, unfortunately. Back to Ndombele. Now, run made ahead of him by Lacelso, but he finds Son. Son finds Mora. Shot blocked by Salisu. Back out to Bale, who curls it in against his former club. And Saints' resistance is over in the early parts of the second half. Lacelso curls the ball out to the left, and this time there's time and space for a cross to Son. And Spurs have turned it around at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. There is a VAR check going on, by the way, for offside. That might be a rescue. Here we go. It's going to be offside. Right-footed in it comes to the near post. It's beaten everybody. Spurs appeal for a handball. It comes back out to the edge of the box. And Winks in the end slams it wide. But I think Jenipo's fouled him just outside the penalty area. It's, I mean, that could be given inside the box here. David Coote says it is a penalty. Yeah. He looks at the ball, steps up right-footed, sends McCarthy the wrong way. And in the 90th minute, Spurs do have the lead. Uh, Dean, let's come to you first. Let's get your general thoughts on the game tonight. Well, exactly what you said, Steve, is a game of two halves. Um, Southampton were everything in the first half that we, we love watching about them. They were brave. Um, they looked uh, high intensity, winning the ball back a lot. Um, the more dominant team and um, creating chances. I mean, obviously, in the first few minutes, a fantastic chance for Salasu and then Shay Adams. Um, you can say a good save both times, but I think Shay will be disappointed in these to score. Um, and 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 then deserve to take the lead uh, in the first half. Uh, you know, a good set piece move, good movement from Danny Ings, and deserve to be one up. And thinking, okay, this is this is a really good Southampton performance away from home, um, dominating possession, Tottenham not really causing Southampton any problems, um, and a really really good half of football. Um, and then second half, whether it's fatigue from from the weekend, um, whether it was Danny Ings's injury. The team just looked a little bit flat second half, uh, a little bit low on energy and allowed Tottenham to come back into the game. And I think the frustration and the disappointment will be that I think the game was there for Southampton to win. I, I really, really do. Um, but second half, Tottenham improved. Um, and South, Southampton, once they allowed Tottenham to get back into the game, just couldn't react, couldn't um, begin that momentum again, couldn't get on the ball, some sloppy passes, losing possession turning possession over and, and Tottenham, you know, gradually creating more and more chances and, and then scoring two goals. And it's, it's definitely a penalty at the end. Unfortunately uh, for Gineppo, the moments in the box, lacking that little bit of experience to, you know, you in the box, you always stay on your feet. You, you don't make them challenges within the box unless it's a last ditch that, you, that you've got no other option to, to try and prevent a goal. And he'll learn from that 100%. But I think that just probably summed up the second half performance, a little bit of naivety and Tottenham winning the game. But I think the disappointment was such a good performance, first half, a good reaction, and then just to let the game slip from, from Southampton's hands, second half. Yeah, exactly that, Adam. We're all sat there at half-time, full of hope uh, that we could get something from tonight. But it really did feel like we were just waiting on those goals to go in from Tottenham in the second half. Oh, Steve, it's just so uh, frustrating. I mean, I imagine every Southampton fan this evening having watched that is just full of frustration, to be honest, because it feels like 
we've been here so many times. It's like a great first half, really good. And then just suddenly, they, they whatever it is, I don't know whether it's a, a physical thing that they can't play that intensity for a full 90 minutes. Very often, they just struggle and they drop off. I don't know if it's a psychological factor with them that either they can't hold the level of concentration that's required to play at that intensity or there's another psychological factor going on there. But whatever it is, it feels like you're just watching the same thing happening again and again and again. And it's very, very annoying, <laughs> I think, for most people to see just just the same the same things. You watch that first half and you half time you go off to make pour yourself a drink and you're thinking, wow, I mean, where's this Saints been? This is brilliant. This is what we want to see all the time. And then, sure enough, second half. I mean, a little bit of credit to Tottenham. They, You have to be completely honest and say, first half, as good as Saints were, Tottenham were awful. They were awful. Second half, they really did step up their game as well. And you have to give them a little bit of credit for that. It's just frustrating that then Saints were kind of unable to really handle it, unable to compete. And also, I think quite a big moment in the game was uh, Armstrong, Stuart Armstrong, moving further forward. I mean, I don't know quite what was going on there, but the Ward-Prowse-Diallo just did not work at all when, when that came on. It gave Tottenham a lot more of the ball uh, in midfield. They got through the midfield a lot more easily. And I think that Saints never quite quite got back into the game again after that. And at uh, yeah, I mean, you never, you kind of felt the inevitability that, that Tottenham were going to score when that VAR was going on. You know, it was, was it handball? Was it red card? Was it penalty? But you kind of knew inevitably that something was going to be catastrophic for Saints. It just felt like it was just going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, it was undoubtedly a frustrating night, as you say, Adam. But let's focus on a positive, Dean. We spoke pretty much about Danny Ings' impressive record against Spurs, and he did it again tonight. Yeah, he did. You know, a really, really good finish, a goal scorer's finish. Um, patient movement, good movement. Um, something I think they probably worked on the training ground between him and James Ward Prowse. That movement across the uh, the front post and a, a really, really good header. You know, a glancing header into that far post um, and, and a good finish from, from a top striker. Um, and Danny had moments tonight. Um, I think he worked hard. He was making those runs in behind, which we like to see from him. He held the ball up pretty well um, and he worked really, really hard. Unfortunately, the injury is a, is a, is a negative from, from the game tonight and, um, and I hope that's not too bad. But no, an excellent finish. And we, he's proven if, if Danny gets the chances, he will score goals. That's, there's no question in that. It's just whether, I suppose, this Southampton team can consistently create those chances for Danny to, to score goals because he has got that knack of of putting the ball in the back of the net. And there's not many players within this league um, that can do that. So he's such an asset to the team. Um, and it was an excellent finish. It really, really was. And, and just shows that he can score all different types of goals, you know, spectacular goals, um, finishes it with both feet. You know, he's very, very good, naturally good with both feet um, and with his head. So, no, a very, very good finish. Well, Adam, it seems like frustration is the key word of tonight, because I'm sure every Saints fan would have been frustrated to see Danny go off injured again. And I mean, you can even see the anger on his face as he hobbled off. Uh, yeah, I mean, just so annoying. I mean, Danny, I guess for Danny as, a, as an individual, um, it's an important time for him, really, to be playing and scoring goals. He's, he, you know, no matter what, we don't know what's going on exactly in Danny's head. There's obviously 
increasing amount of speculation about about what will happen with him this summer with his contract uh, but but whatever the situation is the one thing about Danny is he wants to score goals <laughs> and he knows that scoring goals no matter what his end goal is whether his, his end end goal is to you know finish the season on a high with Saints whether his end goal is to get a load of uh, get up the top of the scorers charts to get himself a great move whether it's to get in the England squad whether it's a combination of all the above he needs to be playing games. If he's playing games, he will score. He is a top, top quality player, as his finish proved. But uh, this has been... Obviously, Danny suffered some very serious injuries, and these are more niggling uh, problems. But it is frustrating for him. You know, he's desperate to play. He's, he probably feels, I'm sure, that he's sat enough of his career out on the sidelines having to watch uh, because he's been injured, that, that he just wants to play. And he wants to score goals and he has the confidence and belief every time he walks on the pitch that he will score, I, I think. Um, and, and he's sort of carried that through for a reasonable period of time, but he just needs to get out there and all these injuries, you know, he comes off, he looks angry. He looks angry because he probably knows that's it now for a while. You know, he's probably, if he's, it was a hamstring, yeah, that's probably, I'm going to miss a while. I don't know whether I even play again this season. Is that my England chances done for, for the Euros? And, so you can sense why he would be so frustrating. And obviously, from a Saints point of view, it's incredibly frustrating as well. He is the, the talisman of the team. As Dean said, he's kind of the best player. He is the real leader, the focal point. And you want him out there. And especially right now, when times feel really tough and really difficult. And, and it feels like Saints are in a pretty low place right now, mentally, I think, as a squad. Um, and, and the club feels a little bit low right now, you want him on the pitch because he is the guy that can has the spark who can really turn things around and lead your team. So it is, again, as you said, Steve, frustration all round. Yeah, most definitely. And we, of course, wish Danny all the best. Uh, now, Dean, arguably one of the biggest surprises from this evening was the fact that Ryan Bertram was left out of the squad. How did Salasu do at left-back for you this evening? He did fine, actually. Um, obviously, not his natural position, but he's left-footed, so he can slot into that position. Um, and he did okay, especially defensively. I think there was a couple of moments where he misjudged and miscontrolled the ball, which almost gave Tottenham an opportunity. But in terms of one-on-one -on -one situations against Gareth Bale, especially for probably 75 minutes, I thought he was exceptional. You know, Gareth Bale didn't really create anything, didn't get behind him, not too many crosses. Um, and one-on-one -on -one duels where Gareth, Barry, uh, Gareth uh, Bale faced him up and tried to take him on. He defended very very well, nice and aggressive. Yes, I think he can obviously improve on the ball, um, but he's a, he's a young player and I think that will come. And again, he's not a natural left-back that's going to be overlapping um, his winger. Um, so he did a fine job tonight. Um, the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes, Gareth Bale came into the game. Um, but he defended. He defended well, and I think he's a, he's a talent. I think he's a good signing. I think with some development, uh, more games within the Premier League, uh, more work on the training ground in terms of coaching. I think he'll be a really really good recruitment um, from the football club. So yeah, not a natural left back, but good to have that option um, if needed, um, and will surely develop into a good centre half over years to come for Southampton. One of the five changes to the Southampton starting lineup tonight was Nathan Teller Adam. What did you make of his overall contribution? He did okay. He did all right. I mean, he's a he's a bright young player, Nathan. I think he's um, 
he's got a lot about him. He's got a lot of raw qualities, but he's also got clearly got you know quite a lot to learn as well and develop. It's a big confidence boost for him, really, that that he's getting some game time when you've got Nathan Redmond and Musa Gineppo sat on the sidelines to more experienced, higher profile uh, players, really. So, I mean, that that should be really lifting him mentally, you'd hope. And and yeah, he 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 just it's that. He's got a lot about him. He just—it's that kind of experience getting to the the crucial moment. I think, for especially in players in his position, in those attacking positions, that that final cross, pass, shot, and the decision making uh, at speed and at the intensity of the Premier League to be able to to work out the right thing to do and then execute it is extremely difficult to do. Very few players come in and are just able to do it straight away. It is a learning curve and it's a learning curve he's definitely on and you can see that when he plays. But the thing I, I do admire about him and I like about him is he's quite brave. He doesn't he doesn't shy out of kind of putting himself in those situations, which you see some players, especially young players, sometimes they do. They kind of they can work hard and they can run around and that sort of catches the eye, but they they're kind of a little bit scared of making the mistakes. Uh but but Nathan Teller isn't that kind of player, and I think regardless almost of of exactly how he plays, the fact that he's got raw ability and talent and that he's prepared to put himself in those positions gives him the best possible chance of actually progressing and learning. And I think that's, I'm sure that's what Ralph sees in him. Uh, I'm sure that's why he's playing him. And it's, yeah, he's definitely an encouraging talent for the future, but definitely needs to keep playing games. Uh, now, Dean, Tottenham obviously scored two, but they only had three shots on target. How did we do defensively overall? Again, fine. I think, you know, especially first half, completely nullified Tottenham's threat. Yes, they weren't at their best, um, but I think um, Southampton nullified their, their threat. You know, played. I love it when um, Vestergaard, I love it when Bednar try and win the ball. Very, very aggressive. You know, the ball goes into the the centre forwards and they're right there to try and win the ball, to try and intercept the ball, which helps Southampton obviously from a defensive point of view, but from an attacking point of view as well, because they win the ball back nice and early and then they run the front foot again. Again, And I think that makes a huge difference. Um, and they were very, very good at that in, in the first half, regaining possession. Second half, again, for 15 to 20 minutes, no huge threat from Tottenham and defended fine. Um, but I think then in, in them important moments um you know the, the Tottenham goals just did the defenders switch off is there lack of a little bit of communication a little bit of concentration in them vital moments as we get towards the end of the game like Adam's touch on is it fatigue is it down to um, a psychological matter a lack of communication does the team get stretched there's more spaces for the opposition I'm not sure something that maybe needs to be to be looked at but for the majority of the game, the defending was very good, and especially the first half. I think it makes a huge difference when the back four, especially, are on the front foot and they're trying to win the ball with intensity. So they did that very effectively in the first half. There were two significant VAR calls tonight, Adam. One was when Son scored, but Mora was adjudged to have been offside, and then the other for the penalty by the foul uh, by Gineppo. What did you make of those decisions? Well, I think they were both correct. I don't really have any complaints about either of them. I think Mora uh, was obstructing Alex McCarthy. Um, I mean, you, you probably would fairly argue that if you'd have just removed Mora out of the 
picture that that probably McCarthy would have stopped that because it was a great finish. But that actually doesn't matter. The point is, you know, his view was obstructed, and therefore the correct decision is uh, under the laws of the game is that the goal cannot stand, and and that was that was quite correct. And I, I felt as soon as that went to uh, the referee being sent over to look at the monitor, there was only ever going to be one outcome. I don't think he was ever going to go and look at that and then allow the goal to stand. I think that was correct, and and uh, likewise, I mean, it was. Yeah, there was all sorts going on in that um, in that second one. You know, was it a handball in the area, or was was Gineppo a red card? And then I think it was almost like the VAR officials probably suddenly spotted, oh, hang on, this might actually be in the area. Um, yeah, and when you slowed it down, it was on the line, and on the line is a penalty. I don't, I just don't, don't think you can really argue with it. I mean, it was a crazy challenge. It was just totally needless really from Gineppo it was just a, a rush of blood to the head uh, I don't know really what was going through his mind at that point in time and unfortunately Saints really ended up paying the price for that because it ended up being the deciding goal but no complaints about the decisions of VAR tonight they were quite correct. Right let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Yeah it was again a, a, a loss what you normally Cannot get to be honest. Uh, this is unbelievable how how yeah how much chances we have today had today and they. I mean, and this is in the end then a result that is not really showing what the game was about. But uh, in the end, it's about who who is more clinical and uh, yeah who is not so stupid and makes such penalties like we do. Well, it's difficult to talk about positives when you've lost the game. But how pleased were you with how you started that match and how you played in that first half? You said it, it's not uh, a time to speak about how pleased I could be because in the moment I'm only disappointed and that's it. You made a couple of changes for the game coming in, there was that case of freshening things up and, and how did you feel those made in terms of I think, difference? I uh, think Nathan Teller was uh, very good today, I really like this guy, how much he was working today and uh, really a pity that we cannot uh, take something, uh, made uh, some really good things and uh, yeah, and anyway. Um, we have to stand up again and, and, and we're fighting for it, but uh, it's hard to take today. Nathan's been quite a bright spot in your season. He's produced some really good performances for you. Is he someone who's, I guess, beginning to establish himself in your mind when you're thinking about moving into, into yeah, the future? He gives uh, a lot of things what we need in our game and uh, this is, for a young player, really amazing. Well, it's a nine-day break now before we take on Leicester again. Dean, we'll come to you first. What are your early thoughts ahead of that one? It's going to be a tough game. Obviously, we saw that from from the game at uh, the weekend. Um, but hopefully, you know the Southampton players now can get a little bit more rest. Um, it's been a an emotional rollercoaster, I think, for the last week or so for them. Um, you know, the defeat at West Brom, which was um, disappointing, and then obviously the result at the weekend in the FA Cup semi final was, was again disappointing and frustration and a loss tonight. So the group, they need to get together as a group and, um, you know, uh, take some time away probably from the training ground and then come back and really refocus again and, and get themselves fully prepared for the, for the Leicester game because Leicester are fighting for a lot of things, you know, trying to keep that Champions League spot. Um, they're obviously in an FA Cup final as well, so their momentum is up. Um, and they're a good team, so they'll be looking to win the game. So it's a good challenge for the Southampton players. But I think when Southampton are fresh, um, they're a, they're a, they can give anyone a game and they're very, very competitive. So a little bit of rest and then full focus going into that Leicester game. 
Yeah, Adam, are you hoping that this kind of long period in between this game and the next will, will give the team a chance to kind of refresh themselves and, and hopefully put in a good performance against the Foxes next week? Yeah, I very much hope it will. I, I, it's a strange one because I, I feel like this is actually... So it sounds a bit weird to say this, but I feel like this is a, a, quite an important time for Saints right now. Um, I, I, I know it sounds weird to say that at a time when, uh, then when kind of there's the season's kind of effectively over competitively in terms of what there is to play for at the end of it. Um, in terms of any leagues or cups or anything like that, it's going to be a you know a lower mid-table finish. And, that, and that's just going to be what it is now. Um, but uh, there's there's a lot of stake still. Saints don't want to have more seasons like this. Um, they don't want to have more seasons marooned in the bottom half of the table. And I know that people say to me, oh, I just kind of Saints fans have been saying to me, I just wish the season would end now. Just stop it now because I kind of I'm, I'm sort of done with go, going through this. I kind of I can understand why the fans might say that, but it, it's important for the team to get some upward momentum because not only do you want to take that into the summer and into next season but as we touched upon in the pre-match show there are some really important uh players whose situations are definitely uncertain and you as much as you want players playing for saints you also want to convince your best players that you're a club that's going somewhere that you're in a team you're in a squad who are together who who have some things they can achieve so that way, if you get other options, you're more minded to turn them down. Um, so it's important for Saints as well, because if they want to retain those players, they want to show them that there's something else there for them at the football club. Not that this is this is it, because what this is right now is is not great. It's a, it's losing kind of most games you play since the turn of the year. Um and it's important for Ralph as well. Um, you know, I think everybody still backs Ralph, everybody's behind Ralph. Uh, and wants him to succeed, but ultimately, there's only so long that you can put up with losing games, you know, very regularly and some and some fairly flat performances as well. And so he's not going to want to stand for that. He needs to create that momentum. I, I do think the rest can help. I do think that Ralph's got a lot of work to do around the players. I think he also needs to kind of really pick them up and not let the rest of the season drift because I think it's a uh, it's a. It's actually quite an important time, even though it seems a bit may seem a bit strange to say that. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thanks to our guests Dean Hammond and Adam Leach. We'll be back on April the thirtieth when Saints take on Leicester in the Premier League. We'll see you then.